This is The Space Shot, episode 126, for September 17th, 2017. Silkovsky, The Enterprise, and a Dragon Mission. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Molnix. On this day in 1857, one of the fathers of rocketry, Konstantin Tsiolkovsky, was born in Russia. Along with Robert Goddard and Hermann Oberth, he wrote on theoretical concepts related to rockets, gravitational fields, and physics. I like this passage from his biography at NASA.gov. He was, quote, an insightful visionary who thought a great deal about the uses of his beloved rockets to explore and master space. His hope for the expansion of humanity into space and its dominance in that realm is known as anthropocosmism, and it was evident in his writings on the subject. The work of early pioneers like Tsiolkovsky, Goddard, and Oberth helped pave the way for our current age. Tsiolkovsky's childhood is fascinating. He was one of 18 children, and his father was a forester. The time that Tsiolkovsky lived in was a period of rapid political, technological, and economic change. The book, To a Distant Day, The Rocket Pioneers, by Chris Gaynor, has a chapter on Tsiolkovsky and the beginning of Soviet rocketry. Gaynor wrote about Tsiolkovsky's life and the climate in Russia at the time he was in school. Gaynor writes that, and this is a longer quote here, that, quote, Tsiolkovsky's great contemporary achievement was little known because government authorities confiscated most of the copies of that issue, apparently because of some offensive content elsewhere in the journal. This work, one of the greatest foundations of astronautics, contained the first proposal for the use of liquid-fueled rockets as devices for venturing into space, including rockets that use the combinations of liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen, kerosene and liquid oxygen, alcohol and liquid oxygen, and methane and liquid oxygen. Tsiolkovsky proposed that the fuel and oxidizer be mixed together in a combustion chamber and also suggested that rudders in the rocket's exhaust be used to steer the vehicle. Gaynor goes on to describe the other benefits of liquid-fueled rockets and the, quote, step rocket or multi-stage rockets that have helped propel humanity into the solar system. Multi-stage rockets are necessary for escaping Earth's gravity well. Designs like the Space Shuttle wouldn't work as a single-stage-to-orbit design. Even the SpaceX Falcon 9, which has a reusable first-stage booster, isn't able to loft the entire payload to space on one massive stage. Speaking of the Space Shuttle, I've got some shuttle history today as well, complete with some terrible 70s fashion if you check out the picture I posted on the Space Shot Facebook page. On this day in 1976, NASA unveiled the first shuttle. The Enterprise was an experimental craft that would perform flight tests for the orbiter design, validating the airworthiness and ensuring that ground facilities would fit with the new craft. Unlike the fictional USS Enterprise, the Shuttle Enterprise never flew in space. Instead, she was used as a flight and ground test vehicle her entire operational life. Originally, the Enterprise was going to be named Constitution as part of the United States Bicentennial Celebrations, but obviously that didn't happen. The unveiling was notable because all of the original series cast members, save for William Shatner, were present on what looked like a beautiful, sunny Southern California day. The shuttle was part of the space transportation system that was envisioned as the next step from the Apollo program, 
The shuttle was the only part of the space transportation system that survived the political and budgetary pressures of the post-Apollo era. I've talked about some of the Enterprise test flights in previous episodes. If you'd like to learn more on the Enterprise and the history of ships that bore that name, check out episode 90. It's one of my favorites. Earlier today, on September 17th, 2017, a SpaceX Dragon capsule successfully splashed down in the Pacific Ocean, successfully completing its mission to the International Space Station. The CRS-12 mission delivered supplies, experiments, and a new commercial off-the-shelf computer system that will be tested on the station. The radiation environment in outer space mean that most computer hardware pieces that are sent to space have to be radiation-hardened in order to function in orbit for extended periods of time. The computers that have been used up until now are extremely slow by today's standards, and for unmanned flights this is fine. They don't need the processing power that human-capable spacecraft will need for deep space missions. Future human missions that are dozens of light minutes away from mission control will need computers that are powerful enough to perform real-time diagnostics on the spacecraft without the need for sending information to and from mission control. NASA is looking to see if they can use off-the-shelf components plus software that can tolerate hardware failures as a possible solution to the need for higher-performance computing for long-distance human spaceflight. Now, I've got a little bit of sci-fi and pop culture stuff to talk about today as well. On September 24th, the first episode of Star Trek Discovery will be aired. I'm excited to see the latest vision of Star Trek, even if it takes the show to get a little while to get its space legs. A show that seems to have already found its space legs, even if critics don't agree, is The Orville, a comedic riff on Star Trek that premiered on Fox. Whether the show will be able to translate strong ratings when it moves to its normal time slot on Thursdays remains to be seen. The Orville's pilot was on par with ratings for the ABC hit This Is Us. It's promising to see that Star Trek alumni Jonathan Frakes, who played Commander Riker, and Robert Duncan McNeil, who played Lieutenant Tom Paris, are directing episodes this season. This fall is shaping up to be the best season for science fiction in a while. There are other excellent sci-fi shows on TV right now. The Expanse is a great adaptation of the book series. HBO's Westworld is a great reimagining of the Michael Crichton movie, and I'm excited to see its second season in 2018. It's a fantastic time to be a fan of science fiction. Check out the show notes for more information on today's episode, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. Let me know what you think of the show by leaving a rating in iTunes. It takes just a minute to leave a rating, and it makes a huge difference because it helps even more people find the show. I'd also appreciate if you could share the space shot with your friends and family, and anyone else that enjoys podcasts. Tomorrow, we've got a few launches, from Vanguard 3 to a Saturn 1 test launch. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>